that anyways. I mean, we woke up with loud hammering at like 6 a.m. or something like. <laughs> so uh, that's how this day started. But anyways, I, I But it doesn't take the rest of my day. So what I was saying uh, about. So now I want to go back to a little bit about the Torah, uh, which is the the laws to live by in Judaism, which I always thought like, oh, this is like some more stuff like the Ten Commandments or whatever. And now that I'm kind of reading more about uh, their, I'll say, cosmology and their philosophies of life, it's very similar to Jyotish, to Vedic living, uh, because they're, they believe that the Hebrew letters each have an intelligence and their intelligence when you make a word creates, you know, they say thoughts create reality, but the words also create the reality. So when you take, but this does not exist in our cobbled together English language. So like you can have three letters in Hebrew and it means something wonderful, but you scramble those letters up and it means something terrible. But they say that that's how the world exists because the tree of life shows on each side, there's an opposite point and balancing. So they say every act is a balancing act towards union with divinity, which is a very similar philosophy to the Vedic life. Because in the Vedas, even in Ayurveda more specifically than Jyotish, Ayurveda at one time was taught with Jyotish. And in Ayurveda, we say uh, that the goal and purpose of health is the balance of the doshas, datus, and agni, which is the doshas are the humors in the body, the tissues, and the digestive fire. So health defined is the balance or balancing act leading towards that. Very simple, right? Not that hard to understand. So in that theory, we know that there are certain things that should not be mixed, right? And they give us the gunas in Ayurveda, which the planets also have gunas, but that's a, a much deeper concept in Jyotish. But if you understand the elements, then you understand gunas, right? So in the Torah, they say specifically, it is a violation of the Torah to mix soft and hard. So like, let's say you buy a shirt and it's linen and wool mixed together. That is a violation of the Torah. Isn't that interesting? Because I'm like always looking at fabrics to see if they're mixed or not and if they're blended with certain things. So, yeah, it specifically says you should not mix the hard and the soft because you're wearing something that's either going to create a softness or a hardness. You use hard materials for the winter. And you use soft materials for the summer, for example. Yeah. And that's a concept that we get in Ayurveda as well. That's with the gunas. You don't want to mix opposite gunas. Like, you don't want to have turmeric and banana, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it makes no sense because they're opposite gunas. They might have something in common, but they're opposite functions. So then, therefore, the body gets confused. Now... This rant's almost over, but there is a point. The point is the garments that are being described are all natural garments in the Torah. Basically, these laws of life say that you should only wear natural garments because we 
are natural, right? We are from nature. We are made of earth. And we only wear these garments made of earthly products. Not rayon, not polyester, not any of these things that are created in a lab, right? Right, I mean... Because your body absorbs whatever it is that it wears. So when you wear a polyester pair of underwear, for example, with a polyester dress, your body is taking in through the pores, through the skin, all of those poisons. And that is considered a, a violation of, of the law, which I kind of, I think that's a really, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so the last point is... Um, that I thought was very uh, important is the the Hebrew letters are associated with planets, right? And they say that in in their creation story that the planets are divine intelligences that exist, right? But we they also recognize free will. Yeah. So their planets, they say that the planets are not to be worshipped, which that is not what we're doing when we study astrology or even chanting mantras. We're not worshipping Jupiter. We're chanting a mantra to understand the intelligence of Jupiter, to understand the transits. Graha means teacher. Well, it also means to hold or to grasp, right? Yeah. So in Sanskrit, words have like, meanings sometimes um, but these planets they they grasp us so if we are each the chariot the chariot representing the body the body without a soul in Judaism is considered a corpse which I thought was also very interesting because we know that Surya represents our soul in the chart right in its most simple form we look at the sun and we say this is the soul of the person what the soul is here to do right which and is a big actually uh tropicals only like kind of you know tropicals that's their only thing they, 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 they just think sun. it's something like ambiguously spiritual and oh then like solar mysticism you're like a, a sun in cancer like oh my gosh that means that you're like this right no. But Jyot is traditionally, like sun is important, but Lagna, your ascendant, is actually like almost and really the, the most important is Lagna because that's going to be your ascendant. physical appearance, right? But, and then from there you talk about karmas and dharmas and arthas and mokshas, but yeah, tropical doesn't have that connection. Oh, so here's my last connection with, with uh, Judaism, and then we'll move on to the next subject, because I thought this was super interesting. So the sun, or the solar clan, sun is what? Aries, which is a ram, right? Right. And one of the most important ritual tools in Judaism is, have you seen them blow the ram's horn? Yeah. Why do you think they do that? Have you ever thought about that? It's got to be some astrological thing that we don't know about yet. Um, oh, all their all rituals and festivals are symbolic of astrological alignment. Right, and and this is where I really I can't wait to learn more about this because the 
you know, we observe transits and, and they observe transits, but they don't really know that they're observing transits because most people are just like in the minutia of these rituals or not really following the astrology of it. But the sun is Ram, right? Aries, but also in Jyotish, it's Ram, Lord Sri Ram, who is the solar lineage and Lord Sri Krishna is the lunar lineage. So these are the two big leaders of the Gotras that we all come from. If we trace all the way back to the dynasty, like if you know, like, okay, I'll say I'm a clan of Brigu, right? Which is related to Jupiter. Well, what does Jupiter ultimately get traced back to? A solar lineage, right? Probably, yeah. So it's pretty interesting that we all get back to this Ram, Ram, two words that are very closely linked to each other in two very important faiths and belief systems. And we know that when the sun transits Aries, there's going to be rams involved and horses and horsepower. So this chariot of the sun, the 12 months, the 12 tribes, I just wanted to put that out there because maybe, you know, someone out there will have this aha moment with some of this information because I know I thought it was really interesting that uh, you know people say that tarot is evil well I mean none of nothing I'd said I thought was pretty evil I thought it was all pretty interesting you know you just look at a card and you get some information you're like oh my gosh all these things are interconnected right right hmm and I'd say a uh you know, cancer, moon cancer, sort of considered chariot-like, right? The chariot card. It yeah, it is, has it, is, it is moon, the chariot it is cancer. Yeah. Cancer, and I, I'd say sun and, and or moon in cancer uh, tend to be sort of like spiritually aware Uh there's an interesting they I've heard Kara say that cancer is the seed of power and sick and the I fourth like house is that which so is also shown in the card because the seed of power is the will to me it seems like a card of many different integrating faculties coming in together and which form some sort of when you say a chariot you know it's something that works that works for you you know as long as you're taking care of it and having maintenance done or and the chariot being prominent in these two cultures i think is really interesting because um when i was learning ayurveda that we were learning the different herbs now there's a very important herb that is given for skin health uh you're gonna love this one solar mysticism uh so the herb that is given for skin health that uh sage charaka says is the most important herb for skin is acacia wood I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast, but we all know what acacia wood is. It was the burning bush that Moses sat with. <coughs> it was an acacia tree. I thought he was just smoking weed. But when you burn the acacia wood, it can be somewhat psychedelic and give visions. So when you take it, take it internally, it creates this, you know, it's an alchemy that that helps with the skin and the mercury in the body, right? But this acacia wood was also used to make chariots in the Vedic times. 
which is pretty interesting. I wonder if they used it. That's very back then. In uh. That's a very like Judaism. funny correlation that I would wish we had the like spectacles to see how it was used in ancient times. Um, you know, I it wish just w- I requires wish deep study. That's all like a lot of uh, research, but I thought that was pretty cool. No, it just maybe you just have to go deep into meditation and you'll get some sort of premonition. I'll just stare um, at the chariot card for another day or so and I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. But yeah, the <laughs> so and I mean a big thing about you know, I, I could cross this over into talking about, you know, that it's considered you know, like the the golden month for the USA is in July. I mean, like the 4th of July, and that's usually about every time. Uh, some people would say right when sun goes through, Gemini Cancer. Like Punarvasu, so, right? Um, yeah, I mean, towards the, it's like the middle, according to the Vedics. When mm. we study Jyotish, it's about mid-July where the sun goes into Cancer, and I don't know. They call that the dog days, right? It starts Serious. to get really hot, and usually by the time I've always seen it, I've noticed when sun's in fire signs, it gets hot, like or at least for Aries and uh, Leo. Really? It gets fucking hot outside. <laughs> I don't know. N- these days, everything's wacky because of geoengineering. All the other planetary alignments. Um, you know what's really, uh, you know, you're talking about the USA. Um, we're kind of watching a, a huge, uh, I would say, metamorphosis in our culture here in the United States. Um, and I, I uh, found a chart that was related to uh, this person who is not very known at all. But I'm sure he was known to the forefathers because he was the astrologer uh, that was studying the chart of the United States, Ebenezer Sibley. So he is a Jupiter in Ashwini ascendant. uh, And he was he has a lot of planets in the eighth house. Actually, he has Pluto conjunct Saturn mars and rahu and he was quietly studying the chart of the united states back in his hometown of london and he proposed the theory that the united states would forever be under the crown even if they tried to get away from the crown they were bound by the crown i think that is a very interesting thing to consider uh now that we're seeing that yeah we never got off the crown we just got a whole new plot of land but we're still dealing with all of the same things right it's a reoccurring issue right yeah that's what a pluto return will show you um so this guy's having a a return on his ascendant which i thought was very important maybe he'll become um more widely known or studied at this time because he did not use the typical tropical astrology chart he used one of those like uh i don't even know what ki- what you call those charts but it looks very close to a vedic chart oh yeah when he studied the united states and he also said that he was not going to use the 
uh, birthplace of the United States as Philadelphia, but rather he used England. Hmm. Yeah, how about that? I, that's a, uh, a whole new uh, perspective, I think, for us all to consider. I know I've been kind of looking at that chart off and on. Um, but yeah, so you know, maybe it's something to look at with this transit in uh, Aries coming up with Jupiter coming into the same sign. I mean, we're probably going to see a lot of interesting stuff happen. Yeah, I mean, to say the least, that's, <laughs> that's always going to be the case in this funny Rahu world. So, yeah, the, I mean, even when Mars goes debilitated in Cancer, um, it'll sort of be a continuation of this, like, funky market that we're in where people are sort of confused by banks collapsing but there seems to be no panic and all of these things i mean it's clear that all it's trying to happen is a transition to a government-based digital coin which we've already talked about in an episode from probably at least two years ago now whoa maybe i, I it had to have been interesting two years ago. yeah i mean so. i think uh this is something i was talking about at work the other day because i i did work for a bank when i was going to college for design and um i learned a lot i really wanted to work for a bank to see what it really was about that was for me more investigative than like i like what banks do well i learned that you know when you work for a bank you see that money has been digitized already Right? Because of what? Wire transfer, right? A wire transfer is a digital dollar transaction. We just never called it that. Right. And now they're trying to get rid of the paper dollar, which, you know, I see the point, but I also don't see the point because none of it makes, there's no, there's nothing, it doesn't have a value. It's not on attached to gold. Like countries like Russia and India are, innovating and they're going to take over they're going to be the leaders the global leaders because they're backing their dollars and gold their their uh wheat supply right they are the number one suppliers of wheat in the world is india or one of the number one so they actually have the gold to back their dollar right and the grains to back their dollar which is what like i think gross national product when you're learning about gdp and all that economics like that's basic anyone can understand that if i have the grain and i have the gold i can make the purchase right it's the bread and the butter right and you know to take it back to astrology i've always thought there's a lot about virgo that has never been really studied like why is virgo the woman with the grain right is she the woman from Eleusis? Is she the one that is going to be? And it could even be a he, too. It could be because we know there are male Virgos, right? So that that symbol is just a symbol of the woman. But they're, same thing. There could be this person with the grain. So uh, that is something to also look into. Like, do you think this is going to be an important time for Virgos? this next year yeah i mean virgos are definitely going through uh, a lot of interesting kind of a 
phase, and I think it's mainly a few things. But it's like a metamorphosis. Um, what helps is Saturn in the sixth. I, I think. Uh, if you have that, you're lucky, right? No, I'm talking about <laughs> Virgos are getting the transit of Saturn in the sixth right now. Oh. That's what that means. Uh, so, this is plus a lot of Aries energy that's happening for Virgos. That's the eighth house. So yeah, there's some like psychological transformation. Uh, oh, I heard that. Yeah, it's cutting out. It's doing like this weird like. How about now? Oh, I heard it. It's because it's too close to the headphones. How about Oops. now? There's, yeah, there's something up with that mic. Oh, wait. How about now? No, I'm going to let you listen to it. I want to hear it. You're going to hear what I hear. Hello? I don't hear it now. You can hear yourself. That's, that's a Yeah, I don't hear it now. Yeah, because you're holding it tight as fuck. Like no, because I'm holding it, pushing in the bottom. No, but you, you, you notice when you move it around, it's going to make noise. It's not doing it now. Yeah, it will. about now i don't hear it so this is maybe take four we're rolling <laughs> with it today i'm not even gonna try to explain why we keep getting interrupted so i had tried to get into a virgo talk but then i guess we're not supposed to talk about virgo yeah uh, well i'm gonna do it i'm gonna try it here we go so the last thing about grain that I thought was really interesting, um, something I was thinking about, there's this like whole movement now where people don't want to eat like wheat. It's been like completely demonized. Like, you know, this gluten-free thing has gone from people that have celiac to like people that aren't, don't even have a problem with wheat that just refuse to eat it because they think they're allergic. But what I learned in the clinic in Ayur my Ayurvedic clinic is when I'd see people that would say like, oh, I don't eat wheat. And I would say, well, why don't you eat wheat? And they'll say I'm allergic. And then you ask them if they've had an allergy test and they'll say no. So they assume that they're allergic to wheat. So they take the wheat out of their diet and they're also trying to lose weight. So they eat gluten-free foods. But when you look at the components of gluten-free foods, they're all opposite guna things that make no sense putting them together so here is another level of marketing that has convinced people that they should not eat a basic grain that has sustained humans for thousands of years yeah i get some wheat is not is you know genetically modified and not of the best quality 
But usually when people think they have an allergy, it's because they're eating improper foods for their body type, right? They're eating things that like raw food or combining like fruit and milk or, you know, they're eating at midnight after they've been drinking all night and then all their food's undigested and all that buildup leads to a severe allergic reaction. And over time, they blame the wheat. So I'm trying to propose that there's something going on out there that is going to lead to some kind of transformative element where, you know, people are starting to get interested in eating for their body type, which is exactly what Ayurveda does. So I'm kind of happy to see that there's this interest in the public through all of this, you know, craziness of the past few years. There is a wonderful thing coming out. There is a motivation by people to figure out, like, am I actually eating the right thing for myself? And they may be making the wrong choices in how to go about it, but at least they're thinking now, like, maybe I should eat healthier, you know? Yeah. Well, hopefully people can start to think about empowerment, too, and knowledge and being equipped to handle you know, the process of being healthy compared to, you know, like feeding into like data and statistics, all this dumb BS about like the World Health Organization. These Who's people that? don't, these people aren't <laughs> there to empower you. They're actually exploiting you and trying to make you look like the bad guy for, they being, need, they need for basically just being alive. I mean, I've never seen such an onward assault on the human race for and for what you know like just to, people just, to test their products on like a, a funny science experiment and to, to like prove that like i'm superior with scientific knowledge it didn't matter anyway if they were even if they were right about the stuff they're talking about mm, it doesn't it doesn't translate into like uh, a oneness for everybody when it comes to especially health like they pick the worst thing to try to like yeah, like you definitely can't you can't like, have your immune system uh, manipulated by a computer because you're not a computer. You can't use like a um, and then most of the people technology. That, that come from these medical schools, they partied for ten years of their life, spent over six digits, so they obviously like um, had their priorities in check, and now they they want to claim they know what's best for you. Like, look at what they eat. Have you um, ever seen the way these doctors eat? It's appalling. It's crazy. So, so I think I that's don't know. a lot of information that's uh, This is just up. Our, our meditations, I think, at least on Ashwini. Because all of this has to do with Ashwini. It has to do with healing. It has to do with the body. It has to do with the sun. You know, it has to do with connecting with your tribe. Uh, things that should not be mixed together. Ultimately, this is all a balancing act, right? We're just trying to feel good. Get out so in the sun. yeah, you got most of this episode, and you had some great stuff to say. So I'm complimenting you on that, and thanks for uh, supplying our podcast with uh, deep knowledge. And we should also give a shout out to your other podcast that you have, where you have some other great things to do with Ayurveda, right? Yeah, Tishya Ayurveda, T I S H Y A Ayurveda. It is on Apple Podcasts. I have some really um, interesting interviews with one of my classmates who he was uh, 
instrumental in a lot of this information on Judaism. So thank you, Alfredo, uh, who also has his own practice and um, teaching um, these sacred arts. But yeah, I think uh, most of it is just we want to share what we know so that we can help you. You know, we're not charging anything for these, uh, you know, podcasts. And if you want to contribute by being a monthly subscriber, that would be great for us because then we can put more of that into buying books or research because, you know, we're not just like this gifted. <laughs> we had to buy, you know, the Parashara's Light programs. We had to buy several books, which a lot of them are becoming out of print now or really expensive to buy. So everything that you contribute, whether it's your uh, questions or comments or a positive review on Apple Podcasts or uh, we're on Spotify too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you leave any kind of comments, you can always email us at shamanswithwifi at gmail.com. Um, we're going to have some really great stuff to talk about soon. We have a book coming on um, a some studies on uh, Aleister Crowley's process using sidereal charts, which I'm super excited about. So there'll be more to come in the future with uh, our explorations into, uh, you know, more of what Aleister Crowley was doing because I do believe he is um, a person that is underappreciated when it comes to his spiritual writings. I thought you were going to talk about the numerology book we're getting. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we had that, but we had to reorder it. So, No, we have the we, – w- it'll be a new episode pretty soon, hopefully, on the Geotish or the Vedic numerology. Yeah. And uh, there's actually a lot of stuff that's pretty – again, like talking about breaking the gap between uh, something that's been rooted in – the Vedic system compared to whatever all kinds of jargon that's come out of the West. Right. Or so, like all this fake numerology um, that's all over YouTube. Like people are like, I'm the numbers guy or I'm the numbers girl or I'm the numbers person. Well, where, what lineage are you studying from? So we're going to be pulling from a book that actually uh, has not uh, seen much use. I haven't heard many people talk about this book and this actually was someone that was an Ayurvedic practitioner, Jyotish scholar, that translated this into English for us to use. So we will be referring to that book. And I can't wait to hear Solar Mysticism talk more about his uh, musings on this, because numbers are definitely your thing. Oh, they're not my thing. I just look at numbers, and they mean something. So That means it's your thing. No, it's not my thing. I'm an astrologer. But, yeah. Um. I'm going to have to say let's wrap this one up. Wrap it up. So thanks for tuning in. Check out Tishy Ayurveda to see a lot of good Ayurveda stuff, a lot of good knowledge on uh, how to keep yourself healthy. healthy. And some herbs and see stuff. See you next time.